And now for something completely different. Welcome to the Kings of Sport, the program changing the game one show at a time, a.k.a. iTunes' longest-running weekly episodic program produced and hosted by two or more African-Americans who are not affiliated with a major network. And yes, I understand, keen viewers, that statement might confuse you this week, uh, but there's a reason behind that, and we'll get to it in a second. First of all, I just want to say Happy New Year. The, the latest I think anybody has ever said Happy New Year on a broadcast event, but that's how we do here at the Kings of Sport, our first show of 2024. So we're excited. Uh, if not for the subject matter of this week's show, at least we're excited to be back. And uh, I, I'm excited to bring in uh, my, my co-host of sorts for this week. Uh, of course, I am the Godfather, Nate Milton, your favorite podcast, his favorite podcaster, 10 years in the game. Not a whole lot's changed, but uh, one of uh, the, the gentlemen that is joining me this week is a friend of the program. He's, he's family around here, you know. Uh, pulling back the curtain, Chris and Ray were unavailable to, to work commitments this afternoon, and so I had to go to the bench. I had to call the bullpen and bring out, you know, post-wrestling has the post-Avengers. Here at the Kings of Sport, we got the Kings of Sport defenders. You know, we, we, we ain't quite on that Avengers level yet. We're a little bit more street level, but we still get the job done, and one of our Kings of Sport defenders is joining me this week. He is a friend of the program. You know this man. You love this man. The conscience of Place to Be Nation, and my my co-host on, on the uh, dearly departed, question mark, TDT Talks. Mm. Y'all give it up for Steve Kentavious Caldwell Willie. What's good, Steve? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, of course. Uh, thank you for the invite. Um, I wasn't sure what to wear today. 
because mm. I knew that our, our guest later on may not appreciate your shirt, <laughs> Nate. And I thought maybe, you know, there's a long-standing discussion on the NWA podcast or post and Kings of Sport about our good friend, the Muffin Man, Phil Brooks. So I decided I'm just going to go with someone someone that could trigger, trigger a lot of people. <laughs> so I, I went into my daughter's closet mm. and I got Taylor. Mm. But, you know, you can still support Spindrift Phil. Yes, yes. I mean, look, Steve Willie making a bold statement, uh, showing that he is part of the liberal media by supporting. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a thing that happened this week. Apparently, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey is a plot by 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 the deep state and, and the liberal media to indoctrinate millions of conservative youths that are going to be watching the Super Bowl. Yes. I don't get it, Steve. It's all rigged. The Super Bowl is rigged. There's hundreds of thousands of people involved in it because you got to get yes. every NFL team involved plus the refs. Um, and it's all to get Joe Biden reelected, which I don't think yeah. the liberal media actually wants. <laughs> I think, you know, we all know, Steve, I think we can come clean on the secret, much like uh, a certain person we'll talk about here in a little bit uh, in the uh, 90s or early 2000s, you know. The NFL, it, it's predetermined, you know. <laughs> Tom Brady was scripted to win all of those championships, Absolutely. Yeah. especially the one against the Falcons. Uh, so I, I just want to say congratulations to Lamar Jackson, who who had a really great run this year, Steve. Like the way he was booked, this 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 uh, guy that had a lot of doubters, a lot of haters, and then you use Lamar to build up your ultimate baby face, Pat Mahomes. But right. then now we've got a little bit of a heel turn where people are rooting for the even bigger underdog, even bigger than Lamar Jackson, and this guy Brock Purdy, who is who is the new white meat emphasis on the white baby face for the nation. Where I get confused about the, the big liberal media controversy is why would they have San Francisco mm. in as the opponent to the Chiefs if the Chiefs are the big liberal saviors? Talk to them, I mean, Steve. I, I thought San Francisco was the problem in our country. Um, it's, you know, horrible things happen there all the time. Mm. Um, I, I also wonder, these people, I didn't realize they were watching football anymore. I thought yeah, yeah. that they stopped mm. after Colin. So, yeah, it's it's very confusing this week. <laughs> but at least Taylor can bring some of our nation together. I, I don't know what's happening in the world where – Kansas City of all places has become this liberal bastion where where these folks, like you said, Steve, who who are supposedly not watching football, they're not mm. drinking light anymore. Like no. it's 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 a hard time to be a conservative in this country, and I empathize. Yeah, the, I do love the Taylor talk because it's not like she's the biggest celebrity in the world mm. who are loved by liberals, conservatives, everybody, kids, adults, grandparents. Like, that's what you're going to concentrate on? Do you think anyone's going to listen to that? Yeah. So we, we're not here just to talk about the, the greatness of the Chiefs. But again, Sundays. Sundays are for my homies, Steve Willie. Um, and as a programming note, uh, Ray, Chris, and I will be back on Saturday 
with our official uh, NFL Super Bowl preview. So uh, all three of us are going to lock in our picks. So we're excited for that episode. So be sure to join us live on Saturday at an undetermined time as of yet. But uh, Saturday, most likely in the afternoon, we're going to be back with another episode of the Kings of Sport. So you get like two within the span of five days, which is it might be a record for modern day Kings of Sport, Steve Willie. It might be like two within five months, two within five days. Hey, we're turning corners. It's twenty twenty four. We we are, and I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because there are some big things happening here at Kings of Sport mm-hmm. HQ in twenty twenty four. Of course, we had the recent debut of the Spinning Black Fist podcast with Ray Williams and Chinyeri Okafor. Episode two is available right now on on your podcast streams, uh, where they talked about uh, UFC two ninety seven and the impact that uh, Drickus Duplessis' win had on South African MMA and African MMA in general. It's a really great bit of commentary by Chinyere that I don't think you get in a lot of these places that are covering combat sports. So check out the latest edition of Spinning Blackfist with Chinyere and Ray. Uh, in addition to that, Steve Willie, we've got a couple things in, in the planning stages right now. One of those things, as you heard on our last episode of Kings of Sport, is Marcus Vanderberg and I are working on a project for the Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport, that the folks can uh, check out sometime this year. I'm also in talks with a couple of talented uh, sisters out here to do a show uh, looking at the MCU. From a female perspective, and I think that is something that is sorely needed right now. If you just go online and see some of these comments that come up whenever you get a show like Echo or What If, which had three episodes out of the seven or eight that featured Peggy Carter, and the internet lost its damn mind because women got powers now, Steve Willie. Yeah, it's uh, never happened before. There's never been never, women with powers never. in the history of superheroes. Never. I, I, don't, I, I mean, it's, it's strange times we're living in, Steve. Some would say... We might be living in the darkest timeline. And so to yeah. that, we we have a bit of an announcement, Steve. I didn't even think we were gonna we were gonna talk about it this week, but I think we have to give the people what they want. Because Steve Willie and I Yeah, we've been talking. We've been talking, things have been said, and uh Steve, I I, I will I will let you make this announcement, man. Yeah, during COVID, uh especially the 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 real meat of COVID when we were all locked down in 2020. Uh, we're, there are a lot of creative people out there trying new things with podcasts. And one thing we did with the Patreon here at Kings of Sport was come out with TDT Talks, um, The Darkest Timeline. And we had various people come on, like our, our friend Vanessa Shark, uh, Wei Ting came on and just kind of worked through some you know issues we're having and, you know, lifting each other up, bringing on uh, some positive things and uh, giving advice. And, um, you know, I've had a lot go on in this last year in 2023. Mm. I'm really glad it's over. Uh, we got an election coming up. There's wars going on out here. And like, really, we've been in the darkest timeline all along. So why don't we just bring mm. back this show as, you know, there's been like kind of this relaunch with Kings of Sport over the last year. So, yeah, we are talking and getting people together to bring back TDT Talks. Yes, TDT Talks is coming back. And uh, Steve, you mentioned Vanessa Shark. Vanessa Shark will be joining us. Uh, So not only uh, we've had Vanessa as a guest multiple times uh, in the past on TDT Talks, now going forward, it will be Vanessa, Steve, and myself talking with a guest 
every episode. So we don't know the schedule yet. We don't know when the first episode is going to drop. But I will say, Steve, the first episode we're going to put up on the free feed. So mm-hmm. people can kind of, you know, if they haven't heard the uh, the original series, if they haven't <laughs> if they haven't heard the the prior episodes of TDT Talks, they can check out the relaunch. And then after that, all the episodes will be on the Patreon because, you know, uh, we want people to feel good, Steve. We want to give people new insights, but we also got to keep the lights on around this place. Yeah, we, we need to make our wallets feel good, too. Yes, yes, that is true. Uh, and then the final bit of housekeeping is Andrew Thompson, the youngest in charge, has a show that he and I have been talking about to bring to the Kings of Sport Network. So we've got some things going. Uh, I, I finally, I think, Steve, this is a, a lot of this is stuff I wanted to happen last year during the 10th anniversary year. But, you know, I tell my friends all the time, whenever we have conversations about life or, you know, relationships or jobs or whatever, Things happen when they're supposed to. So maybe this is me having to listen to my own advice for once, uh, because as as much as I would have liked for this to happen last year, I'm really excited about some of the things that uh, we're going to have for the people in 2024. Yeah, I was uh, looking at uh, people were talking about resolutions. And one thing I kind of learned last year was like, why do resolutions on January 1st? Why does it have to be a year? Mm -hmm. Why can't we just do it any time of year. So the 10th anniversary, 11th anniversary, you're not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm like Mark Henry in that salmon suit, Steve Willie. I got like a lot left <laughs> in the tank, brother. Yep. So I guess now that all the positivity is out of the way, uh, we can we can get to the, the big topic that we uh, decided to uh, discuss this week. Um, and uh, in the in the words of the good brother Cody Devontae Rhodes, so Steve Willie, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I thought we were going to talk about the uh, DePaul Blue Demons, their coach mm. getting fired, mm. three and seventeen. You know, it's a Kings of Sports, but there's there's nothing else we can talk about, is there? Besides the the old uh, WWE Vince McMahon story. Yeah, yeah. And for those that I I would say for those that don't know, but how how could you not know at it's this everywhere. point? Um, you know, uh, last week we had, um, the other shoe drop, I guess you would say, Steve, from what we learned about last year with Vince in terms of, uh, the misconduct, I guess is how I'll phrase it, uh, with an employee. And then more details came out, uh, this past week, you had wall street journal stories about it and Vince was forced to resign basically. Right. And so I think, Steve, where we can start, because it's something that I, I, I believe you have a keen kind of perspective on that maybe not a lot of us that watch this stuff or, you know, even comment on this stuff would have given your shoot job. Uh, when it comes to issues like this uh, and when it comes to stories like this, Steve, what's the first thing that you gravitate to? Because I know for a lot of people, it's the, the the salacious quote unquote detail yeah. of what's in these uh, findings. But for somebody like you, like what what was the first thing that kind of jumped out when you started getting into the details of what happened between Vince McMahon and others within the company uh, and this young woman? Um, if ten percent of what is in that lawsuit is true, uh, Vince McMahon should be going away for a very long time. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, someone, uh, I'm not going to name names because I, I don't really believe in what this person's doing in the wrestling media and sports media landscape, but like uh, uh, kind of accused Chris Jericho of being a Harvey Weinstein type person. No, this mm. is Harvey Weinstein type stuff. This might even be worse than Harvey Weinstein type stuff. Mm. Um, the very first thing that I saw when I started looking at the lawsuit is this dude is uh, is a groomer like meaning like the real word groomer not the one that you see on mm -hmm. social media the fact that he started with this allegedly carpet you know allegedly all across the board um mm -hmm. started so small with someone who is in a place of pain and in a place of hurt because she was looking for a job. She had just lost both of her parents and she was the caretaker for both of her parents. Um, she was in like the same apartment complex as Vince for some reason. I didn't understand that part. Mm. Uh, once Vince McMahon doing living in an apartment complex. Um, and then like, it just started off really small with, uh, and I apologize to the listeners because we're going to be talking about some, yeah, you know, some, yeah. some serious stuff here. Um, yeah, know, and, and like, it's a, it's a good point, Stephen. I should have gave given a disclaimer off the top because yeah. a lot of this stuff, you know, I read as much as I could of the document, and at a point, Steve, I just got to a place where I I put it aside, and yeah. I was like, "This is a lot right now. I'm going to come back to it," and I I never ended up going back to it because what I read up until that point was just so dehumanizing yeah. that. You know, you, you read stuff and it affects you. And I was just like, I don't need to be affected that way right now. I'll come back to it. And I never did. Uh, but yeah, so for anybody out there, uh, this is kind of your your trigger warning, your sense of offensive com content warning, uh, because a lot of this stuff is like, it's the worst uh, of human behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to make a note of something to say later, speaking about that. Um yeah, I read it over lunch while at work. Mm. I don't know what I was doing to myself. Because, um, like, for those who don't know, like, uh, kind of my shoot job, like, I'm a therapist. Um, I've worked with um, victims who have been abused um, sexually, physically, emotionally. It's not, like, all that I do because uh, I don't know if I could take that. But, yeah, uh, instead of doing it on my day off, I read it during my lunchtime, uh, mm. which is a huge mistake. Uh, but yeah, it's just like the gradual increase of how horrible it got. It started really small mm -hmm. and people like Vince McMahon, what they do is they try to, can't think of the word I want to use here, but flatter you, slowly mm -hmm. bring you in. They prey on people who are at their weakest moments or are struggling and then like the flattering that was going on and like, oh, you're hurting. We're going to give you a job. Oh, you're not qualified for it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, or giving you a big salary. And like, and then the other thing, which like I haven't really heard talk about from the psychology aspect of it. Um, Vince is, you know, he's like the whole alpha male thing, right? Mm -hmm. By doing this and bringing her into the job, other people are looking around and saying like, Hey, why is, why is she getting all this stuff? Mm -hmm. You know? And then, so then he can start controlling other people as, as well. And also some of those other employees are going to be looking down on her 
dehumanizing her. Why does she get this? What does she do? Oh, we know what's happening there. Right. We know that they're sleeping together. We know they're an item, which then makes her feel weaker and then has other people preying on her, dehumanizing her. So then Vince can go around, show pictures of her to everybody. Mm. Um, and and it, again, it just gets worse and worse. This is serial sex offender behavior. Um, we already know there's many other um, NDAs in place. You wouldn't have them sign NDAs if there wasn't something going on. Yeah, but yeah, it it, it brings me back to I guess when we were first kind of talking about this last year, Steve. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went on the NWA podcast and talked about it and got a lot of pushback. And one of the things that people kept throwing out there was, you know, well, well, how do you know this wasn't consensual? And I love what Chris always said about this. In a situation like that, it can never truly be consensual right. because of the power dynamic between the two. Yep. And like you said, like just the aspect of I'm just going to leave these this trail of breadcrumbs to boost up this person's self-esteem only to then trap them in a situation where I'm their everything. Yeah. And it, it I think to me, Steve, it's 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 like, damn, like I'm. How like I already knew this guy was 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 kind of a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We've we've all known this for years. This ain't mm-hmm. a surprise about Vince McMahon. But I think the thing that maybe the reason why I had to put you know the document down, Steve, is it's just like the levels. Whether you're talking about you know just that that dehumanization or just you know passing this woman this woman around, you know, just it's just. There is no care for the other person at all. Like this is just an object for me, for Vince McMahon to imprint all of my desires and all of my like. It's it's just such a like. And and again, Steve, you know, obviously, I'm I'm preaching to the choir here. Like, oh, yeah. Whenever whenever you talk about abuse like this, that's it's the power that's the crux of it. Yeah, it's, it's not, not it's about not sex. The sex. Yes, no, it's, it's not. About it's about controlling that other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely the case. Um, it is rarely, if ever, about the sex. I mean, that's like the, you know, like one of the. I hate to even say it like this, but like the side benefits too for the the offender. But um, just getting back to what you were saying about like Chris and the power dynamic, like Chris being in a university setting is and a teaching setting is similar to like my setting in terms of ethics and morals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, like for the last few years, I'll have people working on their licensure or students working on their grad program. Um, come, I actually have one starting in a, in a week or so. If I have a consensual relationship with one of those people, not only can I lose my job if it is mm-hmm. found out, I can have criminal charges pressed against me and I could also lose my license, mm-hmm. um, my ability to practice in in the state of Wisconsin where I'm at. Um, so that that's just even if it was again consensual, and you know these uh, this is like another adult. Uh, if we were both unmarried, like all of that, that is a fact that that is criminal behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be in every state. You know, there's bosses sleeping with people all the time, but that's where like Chris and I are coming from. And so that is like, it's never consensual in that point. But besides that, it, this isn't consensual period. Even if she said, yeah, like there's no way that she said yes to all of this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard some like commenters being like, well, what about the Duke lacrosse team? Because if that's what you're holding on to, I don't even know how long that was at this point. Was that 10 years, 15 years? Yeah. Um, Jesse Smollett, like they didn't make people sign NDAs. And Jesse Smollett had nothing like it wasn't even the same at like the same world uh, of it. But in terms of sexual assault and rape, like it's something the statistics are like 95 to 98 percent of the people that come forward are telling the truth because mm-hmm. no one would put their name to this. And like with um, I, with this person too, like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name right now. Like Janelle Grant, Miss Grant. Yeah. Um, like her face is out there. Like I, I was like, I, my thought process about how big of a news story is, is if I turn the grandma and grandpa nightly news on at 5.30 yeah. PM my time, I think probably 6.30 your time. Uh, and Sure enough, with Lester Holt. Yeah, NBC. I was just about to say, Steve Willie, if Lester Holt is bringing your name up and you're not a presidential candidate or some head of state, it's bad news. <laughs> and if it's not the last 30 seconds when they do a positive story about a, yes. a dog, you're in trouble. <laughs> and uh, that day, I, I mean, I remember it clear as, as day, like it was uh, Trump on trial. Mm. Um and then, like, E. Jean Carroll getting her money, too, which is yes. basically the same thing. It was the Michigan shooter's mom on trial. There was, like, a teenage murder suspect on the loose. And then Vince McMahon. And uh, Vince McMahon had more time on the show than two and three. Uh, so, I mean, that's how, like, if you make Grandma and Grandpa show, if, uh, you know, shout out to Lester, old Chicago. And uh, if, you're, if you're on his show, if you make the Today Show, if you make Good Morning America... This is a deal. This is this is a deal. Hmm. So then I guess Steve, we so we we know at least from Miss Grant's side of the story what happened. Mm-hmm. We see Vince McMahon step down. Then we get to, and this feels trivial, but it's a part of the story. Then we get to the Royal Rumble and the press conference after the Royal Rumble. Uh, and we get people like, uh, you know, Brother Brandon Thurston, who's going to be joining us here in a little bit. We get Cam Hawkins, uh, and then we get um, a gentleman from Fightful, who I can't recall his name right now. Is it Alba? Uh, John Alba? Was that the guy? Yeah, John Alba. Yeah. And they all ask, you know, pertinent questions about, like, hey, this is a big story that happened, you know, right before this event. What is the company going to do to ensure safety, things of that nature? And you got a non-answer from Triple H. And you got kind of a sort of tiptoeing around the edges answer from Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of how the company is handling this at present, Steve, what are your immediate thoughts about kind of, cause I know there's a lot of, there's a lot they can't say cause there are legal proceedings involved, but what did you think about what they did say? The TKO announcement, um, their pre- their, uh, released that was like only like three sentences long. Um, and I'm going to paraphrase here because they don't have in front of me basically that Vince is not in day to day charge of anything and we have let him go. Um, did they say too, like based on the rendance charges or anything like that, or did they leave that part out of it? I believe they left that out, but I can look that up real quick. Yeah. Um, it diminished what his role actually is. He's the executive chairman. Um, that part about he's not in charge of day-to-day operations, that wasn't needed. They basically like, ah, oh, he's not even a deal around here. He's only like the third in command. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I think it was Brandon I heard, or maybe I was reading in the 
uh, one of the the news sites that Vin, I think it was CNN actually. Vince McMahon actually was a key component to having UFC and Saudi Arabia come together, so UFC yeah. can have their card in Saudi Arabia. That Vince played a role in that. That's um that's part of the day to day operations. We're talking billions of dollars. So I I didn't like that part of the statement. Um, uh, I don't know if okay. you listened to the main event here when we, I was here on. We, here we go, Steve. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. I got go. it for you. So uh, <clears throat> uh, out of respect for the W, let's see, make sure this is TKO statement. Yeah, okay. Out of respect for the WWE Universe, the extraordinary TKO business and its board members and shareholders, partners and constituents, all of the employees and superstars who helped make WWE into the global. Oh, no, that's Vince's statement. I've decided to resign from my executive and the TKO board of directors effective immediately. And then TKO said, I think this is TKO's. Yeah. It was like two or three sentences. Yeah. On There's so much. There's the, you got the SEC filing. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. So I believe this is TKO's statement on January 26th, 2024. Vince K. McMahon notified the board of directors of TKO Group Holdings of his resignation from his from his position as, as executive chair and a member of the board and any other positions, employment or otherwise, he has at TKO and its subsidiaries, in each case with immediate effect as of January 26, 2024. Yeah, and I think there was one earlier in that, too, that it's just like, basically, we're investigating this, handling it internally, was mm. I believe, believe what they said, and then within 24 hours... Um, we had taped the main event on Thursday night for a uh, place to be nation. Right. And, uh, I had said like, I, like they had asked when is he going to resign? And I was like, after Friday night, when the news cycle is over, <laughs> was going to be, uh, my guess or this coming Friday. Um, cause I was wondering if they didn't want to deal with it with the Royal rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, so that one, it was just that one line that bothered me. They're like, oh, he's, he doesn't even around here. <laughs> um, Triple H, we can kind of get to probably when Brandon goes on. I, um, I, and I'll tell Brandon this too. Uh, I was really proud of him. Um, we've done podcasts with him before, and I was really proud yeah. of the other people uh, for speaking up. I don't think I would have spelled, like if that was me, I think I would have chickened out. I, I straight up think I would have chickened out. Mm. Um, or just become tongue-tied. Um, like yeah. not knowing my words to you. So like, I have a lot of respect for them for doing that. Um, also knowing that there's a possibility that will lose press a- access because this isn't, this isn't real like sports, mm-hmm. right? This is entertainment that they, they control who comes in. Um, with Cody, uh, Cody knows what he's doing, right? He, he, yeah. for AEW, he did all the pre-show phone calls. He did all the PR so he has that speak, and I thought he did okay. Yeah, um, he said. I, I like by by far, Cody Cody did a better job at handling the question than the the person that by title should have handled it. The yeah, best. and he's getting dragged Triple H for this, not just like on like Twitter and stuff, but like he was getting dragged on, in the mainstream media uh, as well for that. Uh, but Cody, I think, did okay. Uh, He's got to toe the company line, but he did acknowledge it. Like, yeah, there was some difficult stuff going on. And, you know, they took care of it swiftly. And he thanked TKO for taking care of it swiftly. And then, like, you know, having to switch to talking about the actual Royal Rumble itself. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, what do you think would have happened if CM Punk was up there? That that's something Ooh. I've been thinking about all week. Yeah, I, like, and it, it's it's hard to say because again, you know, in the past company, that was a company where things were a little bit looser. Mm-hmm. You know, where the reign of the corporate side of things wasn't as tight or as strong as it is with this company. Uh, and so I, I don't know what Phil would have said in that situation. Yeah, it, it intrigues me. Um, and I'm sure they've been put him out there for a reason because they're probably, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. punched people out for far less. Yes. I think what what I what I'm interested in though, Steve, and this is something where again your perspective can come into play with this because I did see over the past week a lot of people who I respect, you know, in 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 this space, uh, and particularly I'm talking about uh, my my sisters in this space, and kind of trying to talk about this thing, which which we need to, you know, talk about and make sure people are held accountable, but also it's like digging up stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you, Steve, is if you're somebody who has read this filing or if you're somebody who is listening to shows or listening to people talk about this stuff, how can you objectively not objectively? That's not even the word I'm trying to use. Uh, but how can you kind of compartmentalize like we're talking about this story and this issue that needs to be addressed versus I don't want this affecting me in a negative way? Um, well, I like how you did it, like knowing, taking that break, um, like just by my training and experience, I'm a little bit different, but I can also tell you, uh, if I come home in the evening, um, my wife can basically tell you how many clients I've seen that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I used, I used to last year, the last couple of years, I was working four to five days a week. Um, I cut down to three this year because, it, it was kicking my butt. And that's not even like something as extreme as this. Uh, like I would come home and crash on the couch and have nothing to give. It felt like I ran a marathon, but I was sitting on my ass all day. So um, I, I think it's easy right now to really go deep into this. And I think this is a really good question to ask Brandon too, who's you know not used to numbers, right? Brandon's used to yeah. you know spreadsheets and accounting and calculating. Um, you know, John Pollock has, you know, like done a little bit more because he's more of like, like a guy like Meltzer and stuff. But yeah, especially the women like who have been, you know, harassed their entire lives because yeah, that does happen to pretty much every woman. I think taking breaks from it, um, knowing what happened and is very important and I can like, kind of offshoot into like politics for a second. There are a lot of people who are like, I don't read the news anymore. It's all mm. politics and it's all junk. And, you know, it's, it affects me too much. And that, that goes across the spectrum of people. But I feel there's, it's important to know what's going on without having, you don't have to get involved in the details. Mm-hmm. Like you could read or a, a couple sentences or that you don't have to read that lawsuit. Um, but you can read like a, quick CNN news article, or, I mean, this is everywhere. You read a couple sentences and um, also pick who you trust. Um, mm-hmm. There's not many people in the wrestling space that I would trust to give me the information and mm. with the respect that it deserves. 
Um, that's, I mean, that's someone like you, Nate, uh, like for sure. And people involved with this podcast, um, it's John way, yeah. um, Brandon, um, Dave Meltzer. Uh, that's about it that I would trust. Um, I, I thought Dave Meltzer was very good with, um, the way he critiqued triple H by, and starting it by saying, I love Paul. I think he's done a lot of great things. However, he screwed this one up. Um, mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> it's not like, cause then otherwise there are those people who are like, no, oh, you just hate WWE. You know, you're just an AEW stand, but um, I'm getting sidetracked here, but I, I think it's just, you can know just a little bit of what's going on. You don't have to get all the way down in that space. Cause it's going to be triggering for a lot of people. Uh, like I said, I'm trained to do it. It's triggering for me. Um, I like there's other stuff I could tell you um, mm. that's a little more personal, but that that's for TDT. You know, that's yes, you had to yeah. sign up for the Patreon for that kind of stuff. <laughs> and well, I, I, let's go to one more TDT adjacent kind of question, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about Miss Grant in this situation, uh, but if you are someone who is going through something like that or has gone through something like that um yes, you know other than you know you know getting uh counseling or something of that nature like what what would you say to them like what 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 would be some effective steps to heal from from that um time um mm-hmm. friends you trust um because there are and sometimes the friends you you think you trust are like this is really depressing Um, like you know uh you know like self-help groups um Mm -hmm. um one um it was really again like not trying to like we're not post-wrestling but we're post-wrestling adjacent and because i know you know you work with them as well um at the end of each article um they've included a link uh andrew thompson has done this too to uh rain.org Mm. Uh, which is uh, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest Network. I forget what the second N stands for. Um, National? Yeah. And it's a really good resource. It's free. It's been around forever. Um, by sheer coincidence, uh, my buddy Todd Weber reached out to me today because uh, it was partially started by the musician Tori Amos. Um, oh, okay. okay. And her album, like her, her second album, it's a 30th year anniversary. So Todd, if you're listening to this, screw you for telling me that. Um, <laughs> uh, but also Mick Foley's involved in mm. that charity. Very, very big part of that charity. And he, I'm in, he's been a little quiet too. Um, I, mm. I hope he's someone who takes a stand because he's someone who can take a stand. Um, he yeah. has... Um, I, it, the Bellas, the Garcia sisters, mm-hmm, they took mm-hmm. a stand against their own father-in-law. Um, so find those, getting back to it, like find those people you can trust, find like a free resource like that. Um, like they have a 1-800 number that you can call completely free, completely anonymous. They're not going to take down your information or anything like that, um, that you can talk to. If it happens to you recently, um, it's going to the police is scary. Um, my wife for a year did, um, it was a long time ago. Um, she was a, um, kind of an advocate. So she, mm-hmm. if like something happened, uh, police would call her and she would meet like, um, the victim at the hospital, um, to work with, um, 
the nurse, they have special um, sexual abuse nurses to help someone through this. So that's if it happens in the short term. Now, my wife is a blessing. Uh, I love her to death. Um, she could only do that for a year. She did it for a year. And I think she maybe had like five or six calls and that was all she could take. Mm. Um, so that's how hard this is. It didn't even happen to her. So yeah, find those people around you that support you. Take advantage of free resources that are out there who are going to believe you. Mm. Mm. And it doesn't think, matter if it's, it could have happened 30 years ago. Yeah. Call, yeah, call those some of those places. And and I, I 100% co-sign that, Steve. Uh, as you know, I think we, you and I have talked about this, uh, maybe not on air, but off air. Uh, like I went through abuse in my life and yeah, it I, took, it took me a long time to mm-hmm. kind of get, and it's obviously nowhere near uh, this story right, with Ms. Right. Grant. Uh, but even just in my instance, it took, you know, talking to people, you know, I went to counseling for a year. I, you know, I had friends that I could trust that I could talk about it with. And so, yeah, like I think at one point I was in like an online group for like men that had been abused yeah, and just kind of hearing other people's stories. And it's like, Oh, this didn't just happen to me. Yeah. It was beneficial. Yeah, that's a good point involving men in sexual abuse. Um, like It's like something like 15% of all men, 10, 15% have been sexually abused at one point in their lifetime. Um, that day that this came out, um, I think I saw seven people, uh, most of whom I had seen for a long time. Um, and I want to say like two or three people have been sexually abused. Um, I have one special needs client that I've met with for years. He's a huge WWE fan. And having to sit down with him, and I mean huge WWE fan, and kind of explain to him what this was, was like, and he understands, he's smart enough to kind of understand, was right. very, very difficult. Because I'm like, man, I'm breaking this guy's heart, you know, <laughs> like, but, and and then people will come to, like, they'll come to terms whether they, hey, they want to watch the programming, if the programming is going to be too triggering for them, um, their anger, you know, that, like, he can make his decision in that case. We can make our decision in that case. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to read that stuff. And uh, you know what else is hard, Steve? Making this transition. Like, there's yeah, no it's really hard. There's no good way to bring this guest in, but he is a friend <laughs> of the program. Uh, you know, he, you can hear all his good work over at, and read all his good work over at WrestleNomics. He's also going to be on with John Pollock uh, in, in about an hour or so over at Post Wrestling. So let's bring in from WrestleNomics, our light-skinned cousin, Brandon Thurston. How's it going, There guys? he is. Hey, there I am. Brandon, my man, it's always good to talk to you. I wish this week we had better circumstances to, to chat with you, but it's always good to catch up with you, man. We talk about attendance or something, but no, I I, I just caught the last uh, couple of minutes of that, and I, I appreciate you guys uh, talking about a difficult subject, but uh, it's a very important one. Yes, and and I think Steve, where we can kind of start with Brandon because we already kind of laid out the the backstory on this um, with uh, Miss Grant and you know the lawsuit. I think we can start with Brandon, uh, where uh, a lot of people saw this good brother last week, man, out there at the press conference. So. Uh, you know, again, off top, I've told you in private, Brandon, and uh, you know, I'm telling you on air, like, uh, I think both Steve and I were uh, proud of you, man. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, you know, you went out there and regardless of what the answer was, you asked the question that needed to be asked. So we, we appreciate that, brother. But uh, what was your experience like, you know, kind of in that moment uh, after the Royal Rumble? Um, Afterwards, I don't know. I walked home. <laughs> um, I, 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 I really, well, I walked back to the hotel, hotel rather. Uh, I mean, that was, I, that's I a long a walk, of, dog. <laughs> it was like a 20, 30 minute walk, but I, I knew what I was getting into. Um. I, I, I got a lot of really nice messages from people um, mm. and I, and I, pre, and I appreciate what you're saying. Um, I, I feel like it was the bare minimum that, that should have been done. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I did anything extraordinary or that I did anything difficult. This is the, this is absolutely the question, so, something related to that, to the, to the, to the story, to the Vince and WB and, and John Lorna's tra sex trafficking lawsuit. That's the only subject that I think Paul Levesque should have been asked about on Saturday night. Um, and I, you know, I, I, we just, we just did the job and that's, and you know, there are other questions and I think that, that those were other opportunities that uh, could have been taken to ask mm -hmm. him a question that would have sent a message to anybody watching or to business partners or to WWE that this is a really serious subject and this has all of our attention and it's, vastly more important than how the Royal Rumble went or how many people were in the stadium or your great new Netflix deal, you know, keeping people safe and asking questions about just terrible allegations of sexual assault is, is more important. And before I kick it over to Steve, Brandon, I guess my next question to you would be, you know, we talked about everything that was in the 67 pages and full disclosure, like I told Steve earlier, I read some of it. I read a good deal of it, but then I got to a point where just for me personally, I couldn't read anymore. Like I just, I'll come back to it. And I never got back to it just because I, I didn't want it to affect me uh, in, in a certain way. But when, when you read those pages, uh, Brandon, and when you see kind of everything that is going on, like this isn't just a Vince McMahon problem. So just because he is out of the picture, where do you think they go next? Like what should be, whether they do it or not, what should be kind of the next steps in terms of making the workplace a more safe environment? Well, I, I, I can say these are allegations. We don't yeah. know beyond what, what Janelle Grant has, has alleged here. Um, the other side, the defendants will have their, their chance to write an answer in about three weeks that that will be their time limit unless they push it back. I'm really curious to see if all three parties here, which are Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and the company WWE, if they're all going to be represented by the same, the same council. Mm. Um, because you could see TKO, I mean, they, they put out a public statement, uh, when, when the case came out, that was different in tone from Vince's statement, which Vince's tone was was to deny and then to say this is made up, and TKO's tone was to say that they they took it very seriously, and then you know eventually, obviously, Vince resigned. Um, so I'm really curious to see if all of their interests are really aligned here, um, because they have to. I, I imagine you know the Vince side at least is going to try to discredit her. Mm. Yeah, the the thing that got me about the the presser uh, was Triple H saying that he was going to do everything possible and that they're going to do everything possible to ensure the safety of their employees. And I wish, like, and this was past your term, Brandon, but I wish what was asked was if you're going to do everything possible, isn't reading the complaint the absolute least you can do? 
that that was really what bothered me. Like, I mean, dude could have lied and said, yeah, I, I read it. And it was, I saw the complaints because he's like, oh, you know, just like Cody said, I saw it in real time. Well, yeah, we all saw it in real time. It's like, it, it's not like we were able to see it in the past or the future. When the news came out and the lawsuit came out, that's when we read it. Um, yeah. And the thing like, like, oh, I didn't have time. Like, yeah, 48 hours. There was enough time. We all, you know, everyone else looked at it. Um, I wonder and if, if he, he was even if he hasn't read all 67 pages, he's yeah. he's aware. I'm sure he's aware of the basics of what's alleged in there. Mm -hmm. And he could have. I mean, in, in a sense, the question I gave him, which was simply, have you read it and what's your reaction yeah. to it, yeah. was was a pretty easy opening to express some sort of compassion. You don't have to speak to whether or not it's true or false. I know it's a very sensitive legal subject. He could have, you know, very easily at least expressed his in, in, insistence to make sure something like that never happens. And that's not what we're about. And, you yeah. know, WWE really wants us to have a... a a safe environment and an encouraging environment for everybody, especially women. He could have gone gone on with, with something like that without speaking to the truth or falsity of it, um, without burying his his uh, father in law. I think it was a, a fairly easy question to yeah. answer to if he's if he was prepared. Yeah, and we're not PR people. <laughs> and he's got, he has lots of them. Yes, yes. he does. Yeah, uh, yeah. You had said too, Brendan, and um, I, I listened to you the podcast. One of the three you had to do uh, with with John last week, and uh, you guys did an excellent job. Uh, do this the gravity of the subs, you know, the subject, um, taking it seriously. Uh, I, I thought it was very well done. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, John, John, and I agreed that it was important to to read through a lot of the details, and I don't want to you know we didn't want to sensationalize it but i also understanding that I, I know a lot of people have read the entire thing or have read lots of it or at least have read the original report from the wall street journal or maybe have read other outlets coverage of it so i'm sure a lot of people are aware of, of the details but to that experience i had of reading that that entire document was overwhelming um mm. and i think we needed to share some of that with people yeah. you know with, with with some warnings ahead of time of course yeah, there's, um, and I know, Brendan, you've done the podcast with uh, Nate, myself, and uh, Scott Criscola before for Basement yeah. Nation, and, uh, and I did that night with, with Scott, and it's different. That was more of like an opinion show, and for him, he just couldn't. Like, he, he read it, but he's like, I can't talk about that, and, and I'm like, okay, you know, let's, you know, that, that we'll mold it that way, but to, you know, from that kind of journalistic perspective, like, hey, guys, here are the facts. Let's lay them out and to inform and see where this goes uh, from here. It needs to be done and it is uncomfortable. Uh, but if we don't talk about this stuff, uh, it's, you know, it's not, it's going to just be brushed over the rug, but brushed under the rug. Like the mainstream news attention's already passed on from this. Uh, mm -hmm. Like after Monday, it was, you know, it's, it's done unless something else comes up, uh, of right. course. Um, but for us in this, as wrestling fans, as wrestling journalists, as a, you know, people, you know, in like the wrestling opinion space, um, this is stuff that our industry, the industry has always had going on in some way or another. Mm -hmm. the, and we need to know. And the, the wrestlers need to know. The employees at the office need to know. Um, and to be able to speak about it so it doesn't happen again. And I get the, you know, the... <laughs> The irony of three men talking about this, but also three men talking about this 
opens our eyes to like, hey, this is what happens with women in the workplace. Um, this is the extreme version of this, but this happens all the time. Yeah, and, and W the company is is being sued. I think that's important to yeah. to emphasize. Yep. And, and Janelle Grant alleges that four executives knew she 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 in, in an anonymized way. There are a number of W employees, including four executives, who are mentioned in the lawsuit, and it's something that W should answer for and, and explain what they're doing to address it. And you know, we've seen speaking out a, a few years ago now that exposed a lot of women's stories about abuse that they uh, were subjected to. So it's it's clearly um, a cultural issue in pro wrestling. And I don't think it's limited necessarily to WWE alone. Um, I think really all of the wrestling companies that, are, that have any power really need to, to address this. And, and it's not uh, something that's going to go away anytime soon. Um, yeah. And until two points on what you just said, Brandon, number one, like I remember during speaking out, one of the things that we had brought up on the NWA podcast is like, is this the time where somebody gets Vince McMahon out to paint? Cause it's like this, even though nobody knows hundred percent what this dude has done over the course of his life, I think we can objectively say Vince McMahon has not always been a good person, particularly when it comes to women dealing with women. And so it's like, if there was ever a time to get this man out the paint, I thought that was going to be the time, Brandon. But, you know, again, it it takes somebody with, and I would I would use the word courage, man, because it's like you got this one person going up against the machine when you talk about Janelle Grant. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure this was not an easy thing for her to do. Uh, but then the second point I would say, Brandon, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, us, I think Steve said, you know, us three dudes talking about this subject. One of the pieces of commentary that I read or watched over the past week was from uh, Kate from Montreal over at post. And I am very appreciative of her words and, and uh, yes. uh, blessed that, you know, she's a friend of mine. And, and so like, it's, it's kind of like that old saying, Brandon, like one bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch, but in reverse, it's like just getting rid of the bad apple doesn't fix the bunch. So, and it's not just something germane to WWE, as you mentioned, but what can these companies do to have better practices in place, you know, for, for the talent and make sure that it's a safe work environment and a work environment where if something is not the way it's supposed to be, I don't have to fear to say something because if I say something, I'm going to lose my job or I'm going to lose my push or they're going to put their hands in my pockets and take some money out, Brandon. It probably starts with consequences, for anybody who knew and didn't do anything, right? Mm. Um, I understand in the case of what's alleged here that Vince McMahon is the boss and is by far the most powerful person in the history of pro wrestling in 2022, which is you know just one year in, in, in which this situation was happening. And maybe you're afraid that you know reporting on your boss is going to cause you to lose your job or he'll have so much power that he'll overwhelm whatever you're trying to do to intervene. Um, but I think there are that aside, even if you're, you know, you're you're one of the major executives at the company. And, and again, there are four executives who she claims had knowledge of this. <clears throat> you're financially secure, probably. Um, and maybe there should be consequences for people who knew and didn't at least try to intervene. Mm -hmm. My my hope for this is because you have 
the corporate people, right? So in the public and amongst like wrestling fans, like they're faceless, a lot of them, um, as well as like the employees and the, like the actual Connecticut headquarters. What I would like to see happen in terms of public perception is one of the big name wrestlers come out and say something. Um, Ronda Rousey uh, said, mm -hmm. hey, as long as Bruce mm -hmm. Pritchard is there, Vince is going to be involved in some way. Uh, Ronda's obviously not there anymore. So it was, you know, it's easier her to say, but I also, I think she's got a power enough, powerful enough personality that she might well be a person who would speak out, but like someone like a Roman Reigns or a, or a Seth Rollins, or um, we were talking before Nate, like, man, if CM Punk was in that press conference, mm -hmm. what would that have been like? Uh, but he would be another one to just come out and be like, uh, Hey, we're not condoning this. We don't want him anywhere around our company, we built this too. Um, and I think like a big name coming out and saying something would be pretty powerful, um, more so than, at least in terms of the fans. Um, getting back to Kate, I kind of shook my head and I want to say why I shook my head. Um, Way put up a 30 to 60 second clip on Instagram of one of her points that she made on, um, I think it was the collision review. And the uh, comments under it mm. were bad. And uh, I made a couple comments too. I, I texted Way about it and I, I know he hopped in there. But it goes back to what we were talking about, about women being believed Nate, at the beginning of the program. Um, those comments were only on Kate's post, mm. right? It's not like... Um, Post wrestling didn't put other statements out and other Instagram posts. It said a lot to me that these people, and there are only like three or four, but there are people who liked it, like three or four people, that that was the person they chose to go mm -hmm. after, right? It, it wasn't anybody else. And that's that's the stuff that condones this. That's the type of thing that condones this and keeps it going. Hmm. I, I think Brandon and because I do want I do want to end our time together on a happier note. So I guess this will be my last kind of thought question about this, uh, because this is a difficult subject to talk about, man. And it's it's you got an intersection of a lot of things. You got fame, money, power, sex. Like it, there's a lot of different dynamics that are going on whenever you have a story like this. Um, you know, as Steve alluded to, like. When whenever something from pro wrestling ends up on the nightly news with Lester Holt, it's probably not a good thing. Like Lester, Lester Holt ain't talking about WrestleMania numbers, Brandon. Lester Holt ain't talking about Cody Rhodes finishing the story. That's not what Lester Holt is about on NBC Nightly that's News. That's the story brother. he's covering, right? It's not. <laughs> it's not gonna make the B block on, on nightly yeah. news. Um, yeah. But but I guess when you look at all of this, when you look at the, you know, WWE TKO, kind of all the players involved with this, I know you mentioned like they have a timeline when they can kind of put out their statement of the events uh, as they see it. Um, is this a story that like so many other stories we've seen get swept under that rug, like Steve talked about because other things happen, or is this something that has legs and will have real consequences and, and, and affect real change in this in this company and hopefully other companies. It depends on what does Ari Emanuel want to do, who is the TKO CEO, and he's in charge of, of ultimately WB now and UFC. What does he want to do? 
what consequences does he want to administer? How much did he know ahead of time before he made the deal with Vince? Um, they're going to have an earnings call for TKO mm. on February 27th. That's almost a month away. And then they'll do another call the very next day for Endeavor. Um, so I can't imagine it's not addressed in some form there. Um, it's not, so there's an earn, there'll be an earnings call and it's not exactly like a press conference because it's not involving reporters or anything. It's involving tech or uh, it's involving stock equity analysts and they're primarily concerned with giving an estimate uh, on the financials of the company and how the stock is going to do. Um, nonetheless, I think this story has some something to do with the value of TKO. And we did see um, the uh, Slim Jim d- decide, mm-hmm. at least for a few hours, to no longer sponsor Royal Rumble before, they, before Vince resigned and then they jumped back in. Mm. Um, so I think there are questions around what the risks are as far as whether or not any other business partnerships are impacted. Netflix happens, you know, the Netflix announcement was two days before this. Did that have any impact on this? I think investors probably want some reassurance uh, about that. And it just depends on how many more details we get out of the lawsuit. Um, You know, some people might think that this is going to get settled quickly. I, I have no strong sense. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And this lawsuit will continue. And does it go into discovery? Do we get as a result of this lawsuit some documents showing that other executives knew about this. We already mm-hmm. have what Janelle Grant has provided, which are texts between herself and Vince McMahon. Um, so that's on the public record. Do we get more evidence of of knowledge about this throughout the company? And will that, you know, will, will the emergence of those details, if they exist, will that force this into becoming mainstream news? Maybe. Um, especially if people end up losing their jobs over it and if they're high profile executives. So a lot of that depends on just w- how much further this lawsuit goes and and whether or not more information comes out. So the Vince decide will probably try to get this dismissed um, and and enforce the NDA. Say so really how much further this goes, I believe largely revolves around the, how the judge deals with that that question, but We'll, we'll talk to a legal expert soon and probably get some more, some clearer uh, opinion on that soon. So uh, that, that's our kind of thoughts on the, the topic of the day. And now, like I said, Brandon, you got, you got about 10 more minutes with us, you know, and then you gotta, you gotta skedaddle cause you, you got John Pollock, Brandon Thurston coming up at three o'clock Eastern ladies and gentlemen, this is just, a, it's like the pre-show for Pollock and Thurston, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 uh, I'm Peter Rosenberg and Steve is Booker T. Ha ha. Swapped it. Uh, you, that's not where you thought I was going listener or viewer. Uh, but Brandon, let's, let's talk about some of the stuff that is kind of more your bailiwick when we're talking about these numbers and these deals. And let's hit something that you just mentioned, the Netflix deal which was a big story for about a day until other things kind of eclipsed that. Um, In terms of the deal itself, do you think that this is something big for the company and how big is it for the company? It's not that big in terms of money because it's taking over not just the U.S. rights to Raw, which are currently held by NBC Universal on the USA Network, but it's also taking over WWE's entire number three and number four international deals, which are the UK deal and the Canada deal. I think it's going to eventually overtake the India deal, which is their number two deal. That doesn't happen until, I believe, the end of 2025. So it's going to 
I think eventually take over all of their international rights, except for Saudi Arabia and the U S will still SmackDown will still be held by NBC universal. Uh, and, and NXT is on the CW. So in terms of money, this looks like it's over the, the 10 year course of this deal could be five. If Netflix chooses to end it at, at five, but mm-hmm. 10 years, and it could be 20 years if Netflix chooses to extend it that long. That's crazy. Um, so it looks like it over the entire course, maybe it's a 20%, 30% increase on their current value over everything that it will overtake. Um, in terms of reach, it's interesting and exciting in terms of reach. You'll, you'll move from being, at least let's talk US only, you'll move from being on the USA Network, which is disproportionately older viewers who have access to that. Yeah. Um, now Raw is yes, a young one of the younger shows among all the shows, but usually we're talking like the typical viewer who's watching any given linear TV show is probably in their sixties. Uh, Raw lo- lower fifties is the average age there. For so, the kids out there, <laughs> right? So Netflix streaming that this will be a much younger audience that will have access to it. I guess that's good for advertisers. That's good for growing a fan base and feeding the rest of your businesses. Mm. Um, so there's that. Um, and we're also I can spend real quick on that point though, because you have brought up the, the the demographics in terms of who watches these shows. Uh, and raw, like you said, typically, even though it's a younger show for USA overall, it does skew older. Do you think that maybe not for the course of the Netflix deal, but at least initially, there will be a bit of a drop-off because you're gonna get a lot of the older folks, like much like a few weeks ago when they complained about that playoff game. They're like, you know, how do I find Peacock? You know, they're going to be like, I have to get on Netflix to watch Raw, which I could just turn on my TV and do for 30 years. Like, uh, is there going to be an initial, not backlash, but initial maybe push pushback or drop off uh, to the numbers? A big question is, is Raw going to be watched by your viewers? I would think so. Um this past Monday, they did a big rating. This was their biggest rating in months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 1.9 million viewers. Now, during football season, they were doing under 1.5 million a lot of these weeks. Um, so we, I guess the only comparison point that we really have that we have data on, and by the way, I don't know if we'll even get ratings data on this, maybe right. by January 2025. Maybe maybe Nielsen will cover these Netflix telecasts, but Nielsen does not cover anything on streaming outside of the NFL broadcasts that have been on streaming on Amazon Prime Video and on Peacock so far. So it's a big question whether we'll even get an answer to, to this question when it actually happens in January 2025. In any case, uh, I'm sure they'll they'll beef up the first show and make it a real, real big deal, super hyped, and that will be the biggest audience for a long time probably, which is what we see across all of these shows when they have their, their first big premiere. Um, it's a big deal, and, and the audience is large, and then it goes down from there. Um, but so if we're just thinking about Amazon Prime Video and those Thursday night football games, the total viewership for Thursday night football is lower on Amazon Prime Video than it was when it was on Fox and NFL Network on simulcast over there. Um, the demo, though, is equal. So I imagine it'll probably be something similar, like Raw will do a lower total viewership, but it'll do a similar. It'll be a lot closer in the demo, at least. OK, but will it's- we ever get an answer? You got to ask Nielsen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, like just uh, and I'll kick it to Steve for one last question, Uh, but it's going to be interesting, like personally, Brandon. Yeah, like that first show I'll be watching. But once football season rolls back around, I don't know, because part of the fun of watching Raw during football season is if if there's a segment that I'm not feeling or if there's something that's just not hitting, I could turn on the football game. We don't know if it's going to be on Monday still. 
It may or may not Ooh. be on Monday. Ooh, that, that is a good question. That is a good question. But yeah, because like part of the fun for me is switching back and forth. Uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know. Like it's 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 a thing, Steve, to switch back and forth from Netflix, man. Because then you got to go into the app, then I got to go out of the app, man. It's just not as fun. Uh, so we'll see. It's a hassle. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I've become like the old man in the club with this streaming lifestyle, Steve. When I was at one point, I was the young dude at the club. I was I was at the forefront. But uh, any any final questions for our good brother Brandon Thurston this week? Ah, uh, um, with the Dwayne Johnson. Ooh, um, ooh, yes, get yeah, into it. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson joining the board of uh, directors. Do you? Th- this is I'm going into like Taylor Swift conspiracy theory right now. <laughs> uh, that the NFL is all rigged. Do you think there's anything to that? That like they knew this lawsuit was coming, and so you know, like two or three days before, you know, hey, we got Dwayne, <laughs> we got Dwayne on board, and then also the, to follow up on that too. Dwayne Johnson's brand is pretty dang positive. You know, he's mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. much in control of that. I, I, I just like to, to both of you, I'm wondering how, you know, what's coming down with that? Like what's, if he going to say anything about it? I can't imagine Vince didn't know, right? Like you, you yeah. don't file a lawsuit overnight. Um, mm-hmm. Especially not, a, not one that's a 67 page complaint. No. I can't imagine that there weren't demands from Janelle Grant's lawyer to Vince McMahon's lawyers saying, you stopped paying the NDA, pay up or we're going to sue you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't imagine that Vince didn't know. Did Vince tell the company? I have no strong sense about yeah. what pressures he would have to do so. Um, I was, you know, sort of, like, I don't believe this, but I was sort of, you know, questioning just before we ever knew anything about the lawsuit happening about the value of the deal, not really being a big increase. You know, like I said, I, I think it's, like a 20%, maybe 30% increase. And there's a couple other people who have done estimates and gotten to a similar conclusion. This, this doesn't look like a big increase. It doesn't even look like the 40% increase that I think was baked into the stock. So is it strategic? Is it a strategic choice to say, because it came first, Dwayne Johnson is on the TKO board. And then an hour or so later, they announced they have a Netflix deal. Yeah. Um, yep. In effect, I, I mean, I don't know. So in effect though, I think it did, you know, it created mainstream headlines because it's a big, big Hollywood movie star. Goodwill. Part of our board. Right. Much loved. Right. So it, it, it did help. I think it does. You know, it's a good story before a questionable story. But also it's really exciting that, they have, that they're on Netflix because mainstream media and the media media and the stock market love Netflix because mm-hmm. it's a really strong brand and company that's only come up in the last decade or two. Um, and it's streaming and it's the future. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think... I, it, it might be a coincidence, but I, I can't say for sure. Mm. And you mentioned one, the, uh, one real quick, because okay. I want Brandon to be proud of me. Um, <laughs> um, I, I got the high school math book out. My daughter's in high school, so I did a simple ratio. You mentioned that paying the NDA. Um, and I'm going to mention Vince's pettiness, because Kings of Sport history, you got to end the show with some pettiness. Um I, you know, Vince estimated value is net worth around $2.8 billion. Um, this payment that he didn't make the total about $2 million. So I was wondering like, what was the percentage of that? What percentage of his income is $2 million? And, and I, I did, you know, I got the two fractions equal to each other. I remember a little bit of math. Um, and then I wondered how much would that be to a person making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, upper middle class. 
And, it's obviously uh, very, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the answer would be $71.43. Wow. <laughs> and and if to, to add to that, if we're just talking about liquid cash, because, you know, a lot, wow. the, the overwhelming majority of Vince's net worth is is not liquid. It's in right. now TKO stock. That, because I, I just calculated that the other day, is like $1.7, $1.8 But that's in TKO stock. It, it's it's a process to liquidate that. But he mm -hmm. did just liquidate 8.4 million shares. And I, I mean, that was hundreds of millions of dollars that he right. liquidated there. And then, so, and, and then before that, so he did, he did that sale in November, but before that in September, when the deal, the merger deal closed, TKO made a special one-time payment, dividend payment of $3.86 per share to all their shareholders. So Vince had 28 million shares at that time. He got wow. like $111 million one-time dividend payment. In, in addition dividends. to yeah. just 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 in a dividend, in addition to the three point four million dollars that he Sheesh. got per quarter in dividends throughout the years of being a TKO shareholder, based on how many um, shares he held, and and that that was less. So it was more further back in time. Twelve cent dividend. He had more than twenty eight million shares further back in time because he sold a little bit of it for the XFL stuff. But in any mm -hmm. case, he's he he was making millions of dollars a year off of his dividends, let alone um, whatever money he was paying himself uh, for a salary for being the CEO. Um, but he's got a lot of money now, or he should. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he did with all that liquid cash. But he had hundreds of millions of dollars in liquid cash that he liquidated and and or or through a dividend got. In the last six months or so. Mm. So what we're what we're saying, all three of us in different ways, is Vince McMahon is a terrible person, petty, cheap, might be a criminal. We don't know. Uh, we'll see. But uh, we know. We also know Brandon Thurston is none of those things. He might be cheap. <laughs> I, I I ain't never been out to, on a town with cheap. Brandon Thurston, so I don't know if he's frugal or not. Um, Pretty frugal. He, he walked back from the hotel. He walked back from Royal Rumble. He did. He did. Yes. He didn't catch an Uber. So yeah. No. He's he's saving saving up that money. But uh, we appreciate you taking some time out on short notice, Brandon. Uh, let the people know where they can find you uh, and promote the show coming up in about thirty minutes with you and we Joe. We won't Park. be running head to head with you, will we? No. We'll 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 get out before before you guys start. We don't want okay. to confuse the audience. At uh, at three p.m. Eastern, Pollock and Thurston will be on, and we'll be talking to Michael McCann, who's a uh, legal expert. And I, mm. he's a Harvard law professor. Um, and we'll ask him some questions about this legal case uh, between Vince McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and the company against uh, Janelle Grant, who's who's suing them. Um, so that'll be coming up at 3 today. And that's every Wednesday at 3. And um, WrestleNomics is at WrestleNomics.com. And it's a, a weekly podcast uh, for free through Pollock and Thurston. And it's also uh, a subscriber podcast one, uh, every Sunday, as well as all of my TV ratings reports. All that's for subscribers. Get access to the data and things of that nature. Yes, Brandon Thurston, our light-skinned cousin, always good to have you on the program, man. Uh, appreciate the time. Uh, I hope everybody checks out John and Brandon here in about 30 minutes. And of course, if you're looking for headlines coming out of this, I believe he didn't say it explicitly, Steve, but I, I saw through the, the smoke. He's saying because of the rock and TKO, we're going to get the UFL on Netflix in about two years. Let's go. Maybe Netflix will buy the UFL. Um, <laughs> That, that's probably yes. as likely. That, that's probably they, more they accurate. Want, 
they've they've said they've said a lot of things that they've gone back on, but they've said they want to own a sports league rather than license rights. But yeah. but here they've gone back on that by making a deal with WB. So who knows? Who 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 knows, Brandon? But one thing we do know is uh you always are on point with your analysis. And again, uh tip of the cap for me and Steve for the way that you uh handled yourself at the press conference, man. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks. Thanks guys for having me. It's always good to talk with you because you guys were like one of the first way, way back. One of the first podcasts yeah. to have me on as a guest. I, I remember those nights we would call and then Brandon would have to make time in between practice and yeah, be up was in... training. I, was, I would like go into the catacombs of the, of the yes, he'd be up the Raptors, like staying yes. on the phone. I, I remember <laughs> like sitting on the stairs in like some back hallway talking to you guys. <laughs> and I, look, all these years later, we're still talking, brother. We, we appreciate you, man. Uh, and, uh, you know, and if everybody that is interested in, in a more in-depth analysis on the numbers behind this sport, behind this business, needs to check out WrestleNomics with uh, Brandon Thurston and the crew. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon. We'll catch up with you later, man. Take care. See ya. Take care. All right. That was the one and only Brandon Thurston, light-skinned cousin Brandon, uh, stopped by Steve Willie. So I, I feel like a lot of heavy stuff, but I feel like we at least ended uh, on, on a more positive note. Yeah, we're going to need to take a nap after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I guess, Steve, we, 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 we got a little bit of time before we got to get out of here before Pollock and Thurston starts. But uh, any any – Thing from the world of sports that you wanted to chop up real quick um man uh I, i've been into the nba a ton this year um my, my teams are the bucks and the bulls um uh, mm. bulls because that's where you know i grew up you know during michael jordan time and bucks just because the bulls have been bad for years and years and years so in in terms of the bulls i am very much looking forward to the trade deadline to, to see if uh <laughs> what in the world they're going to do because they are in basketball purgatory right now yeah they are going to be 10 seed for eastern conference for as long as time can tell <laughs> um so you know are they going to get rid of levine for nothing because i don't know yeah who might want yeah. i mean i mean you saw that cryptic tweet lebron did last night so i, I yeah. feel like some changes are going to be made in la and zach levine is a la guy yeah, that that has been my hope from day one that he gets traded to the Lakers for I don't know. Like, I I love DeRozan, but you know they're gonna have to blow up something. And the Bucks, the big story was them firing Adrian Griffith and uh, yeah, bringing Doc, yeah. Doc Rivers in, uh, despite being I think they were second seed in the East at the time. Yeah, but uh, I went in a little bit of depth. Uh, you know, like I had this real bad taste in my mouth, and so uh, let's look a bit, a bit about the uh, the Bucks and what happened there. And uh, I didn't realize that at the beginning of the season, you know, when Dame came in, that they brought in one of the Trailblazers coaches, yeah. And um, uh, I can't remember his Stotts. name, but yeah, yeah, Terry Stotts. They brought in yeah. Terry Stotts as kind of like uh, A because that's Dame's guy, but then B, um, I guess you know, since this was Griffin's first head coaching job, let's get an experienced coach right. as his assistant. Uh, and Griffin and Stotts was like oil and, oil and water. Adrian didn't like the players talking to Stotts. <laughs> bringing him back, you know, the pettiness. Didn't like it at all. And I yep. uh, also read that at one point during the season, like Giannis and uh, uh, Bobby Portis and Dame had to sit – Adrian down and be like, listen, you need to be a little bit more organized. And there's even accusations of him not even running plays 
like at the end, like the I, I think the Pistons games where they almost lost to the Pistons twice. Yeah, uh, that's what did it. Man, yeah. Doc Rivers got connections, you know, to Milwaukee. Well, and that's played at thing. Doc Doc was actually part of this. This is where Doc Rivers is like Game of Thrones, a succession when it comes to the. Yep. NBA coaches because Doc was the guy that got Griffin in the door. Like Doc mm-hmm. was part of that committee that that got Griffin a job. And then it's like, we need to find a new coach. Let me let me start something. Let me let me search. Let me look around. Oh, that guy in the mirror, he should be the new coach. Yeah. And Doc Rivers now has a job with the Bucks, and he's got a championship caliber team that will probably underachieve. <laughs> right, they'll get eliminated in the third round. Um, I. I you know, we had Brandon Esting, but Doc Rivers also like flying down on his uh, yes. Marquette number being retired uh, at the Fiserv, you know, coming on down to uh, the coach. <laughs> yeah, NBA is great. I got, uh, I see Ray all the time down at the G League because I uh, got season tickets <laughs> to share. Uh, it, it's it, it's fun to do. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. College basketball starting to pick up. Yeah. Yeah, like I think the this is a... This is not my favorite time in sports, uh, but this is one of my favorite time in sports where you've got the NFL playoffs coinciding with the NBA getting closer to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, I think the biggest thing for me with this trade deadline, Steve, is what is LeBron going to do? Because LeBron always does something this time of year. Like last year, it was when they brought in uh, Hachimura and uh, was it, it was Russell Hachimura and. Uh, Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, they brought those three guys in and it really kind of carried them in the postseason. Uh, so like he's got to do something else. He's got to have another trick up his sleeve. And it wouldn't surprise me, Steve, if, if they had their eyes on your boy, Zach. Yeah, that's what I hope. Do they even, do they have anything? In tra- <laughs> to give? A, that's the thing. The Lakers don't have a lot to give in part because they gave up so much to give, to get Anthony Davis. Yeah. So like their drafts were screwed for the next five, six years. Um, that's what's important now is draft picks. Yep. Like and teams have traded away like second rounders, like till the end of the decade almost at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like, what do you get? Like, and give the Bulls Russell? Like, I, I don't know. I'm gonna say, like, like just looking at that roster, like they're not gonna give up AD, even though that is something like Ray and I talked about before the uh season. I wouldn't, if I'm the Lakers, I'm not opposed to trading AD. Great player. Mm-hmm. But health is always an issue with AD. He stayed pretty healthy this year. Uh, but it's like, I can get someone. You're never going to get as much for AD as you could have before this season. Yeah. Uh, so I would have traded AD. But looking at the team right now, like Russell, maybe like Hachimura. Like you're not going to get, you're going to get good parts, not great parts in return and- for Levine. Like, and there has to be a money exchange. Yeah. Too, to like, I, I don't because... think they're going to get rid of Reeves, even though his name's kind of been batted around. I think yeah. LeBron likes him. Uh, he's he's not going to send uh, Alex Caruso 2.0 to go play with the original, uh, the, the beta <laughs> Alex Caruso. Well, I think Caruso is going to be, you know, I think they're going to be listening to a lot of a uh, lot of trade talk and then do absolutely nothing. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, the Bulls season was tanked uh, last year. And like when when Lonzo got hurt, that was pre- that yeah. was pretty much it, because I think Lonzo Ball is somebody that's an underrated player. Steve, he's not going to go out and give you forty every night, but he'll give you fifteen points and uh, you know 
11 assists tonight. And yeah. sometimes that's all you need. They were had a pretty darn good record before he went down last year. And who knows if he's even going to ever play again. Like that yeah. injury is whatever it is. It is. Yeah, we're going to two years now. Yep. Uh, well, speaking, speaking of coming back from injury, Steve. Ben Simmons is back. Ah. Ben Simmons, confident Ben Simmons, who who proclaimed, I guess, coming uh, off the bench. Uh, you guys know what time it is to his teammates. To if I'm one of Ben Simmons' teammates on the Nets, I'm like, what 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 time is it, Ben? Because we haven't seen you in like a year and a half. Like, what time is it right now, Ben Simmons? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the game last night. Do they? Uh, it says that they were. He was extremely impressive. So uh, 10, 10, 8, and eleven. In 18 minutes. First time in 38 games. Jeez. Yeah. It's just like Ben Simmons is always going to be to me one of those what if, Steve. Mm-hmm. Just because like we saw this dude be great. Like he was never he was never going to be like a, a great scorer. That's not his game. But he did everything else really well and helped that uh, Sixers team get to the uh, Eastern Conference uh, semifinals uh, where they were defeated by America's team, Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> uh, but like the, after that series, that seemed to be where Ben Simmons kind of short circuited. Uh, and then of course he had some injuries and has never been able to get back to that potential, but it's like, I think there's still a really good player somewhere in inside of Ben Simmons. Uh, he's just so expensive right now though. Yeah. And he's still like, he's not old no, by any like, means. What, he's 26, weathered, maybe. But, yeah. I was going to say that probably like 27 cause he's 2016 draft, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's <laughs> it, it's what a guy like it, it would he be on the block, you know? <laughs> Does anybody want Ben Simmons? Honestly, if, if not for his contract, I think you might have some takers. Yeah. Because his he's got like <laughs> he's giving you B level production, but he's on like an A plus plus level contract. And mm-hmm. so it's like if I don't know any team that will be willing to eat that salary. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and like teams that are like the Lakers, who are not as good as we thought they would be, like the the Warriors. I got a story about the Warriors. My son came home yesterday. He's been a a Warriors fan since like he even knew what basketball was. He's like since he was four years old. It's so, like 2015. So, so he was so he was he was a real one. He was he was. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Had they won the championship by then? He was a Steph guy. Like, he was like. Okay, yeah, yeah, because the 72 win season, I think, was the 15th season. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, when that's the team that's on television all the time, that's the team you're going to like. It's like, um, so. (laughs) I was was secretly hoping, like, he was a little bit older. And so he's like, I've been a Warriors fan since Mark Jackson was on the sidelines. I'm a real one. (laughs) Yeah, he came home yesterday, and he's like, because he he wears a Warriors winner hat. And uh, he's like. (laughs) People accuse me of being a bandwagon jumper with the Warriors. <laughs> like, well, they picked the wrong season to say something about that. Because last time I checked, they still uh, they're still below five hundred. Yeah, that's that's another team that's kind of like we know they have some good parts, but mm-hmm. they're kind of broken. And uh, I, the Warriors, I'd put the uh, Lakers in that category. Like the Heat, the Heat have been struggling lately. Uh, after trading away um, Kyle Lowry, like the the Heat are a team that they'll get it right by the playoffs because they always do. But right yeah. now, I think they've lost like seven in a row. Yeah, Jack has Jr. has been looking really impressive this year. Um, something one, no one really expected because it's yeah. 
you know, Holmgren and uh, and Victor were getting all the pub. But um, yeah, Jimmy Butler always steps up. Jimmy buckets, and uh, uh, is Grayson Allen still around? I hate that dude. No, um, <laughs> no, uh, Hero, Tyler Hero. That's what Tyler I'm thinking. Hero, of. yes. Yeah. They're, they're both him. scrappy players with a with a high motor, Steve. A high motor, you know, first one in the gym, last one out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of basketball IQ between those players. Yeah. Send Duncan Robinson. Yeah. That dude, that dude just pulls up for three and high arcs it in all the time. Yeah, people were high on him, and I'm like, he's yeah. just a dude. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just a dude. And again, and like a nice piece, but again, I feel like his contract is not uh, commensurate to his talent level. At least what we what he's displayed. Yeah, like Doug McDermott. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, been around it'd, it'd for a be while. like giving Doug McDermott a max contract. It's like, yeah. why? Why did we do that? Oh, uh, but let's let's end things off this week, Steve. Where we're gonna start things off on the next episode. Ooh. I'm not gonna give my prediction because I'm gonna save it for the people for uh, Sunday or Saturday. Uh, but we we have our matchup, Steve. Uh, fittingly enough, you being one of the hosts of TDT Talks. The matchup that we're getting this year is the last matchup we had before the timeline got screwed up between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, Liberal America's favorite team. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you got, Steve Willie? What's your prediction? Oh, man. Um, my my heart says the Chiefs, um, but my prediction's the 49ers. Mm. Um, I I think it's gonna come, I think it's gonna come down to turnovers, and I think it's gonna come down to McCaffrey rushing. Um, mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. what I've read and, and I've watched all the playoffs games, but you know, Kansas city's rushing defense is kind of in the middle, kind of average and McCaffrey's a, a beast. Yeah. Um, and I, like for the flip side, are the 49ers going to be able to stop Travis Kelsey because um, with the power of the Swifties behind him, but <laughs> I mean, do it have like eight or nine catches in the first half yeah. in the championship game. And he, he was the, like, uh, 11 for 11 over a hundred yards plus a touchdown. Yeah, it was like eight yards here, nine yards here. It's that stuff that gets you first downs. Um, having a tight end like that, uh, I, I think, is huge. Like the you yeah. know the Lions uh, did it with uh, Laporta. You know, it was basically a rookie, I believe. And uh, they had uh, I, I can't remember the uh, T.J. Hawkinson they had for a long time, mm-hmm. and they got rid of him. It was like, man, that was a mistake. And then they had a guy in waiting, and it, mm-hmm. those guys are people you can just dump seven, eight yard passes to. Uh, unlike my bears, they just pass sideways seven, eight yards. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it's going to be turnovers, and uh, and maybe it's just because I, I don't ever have much faith in my teams. I grew up a Cubs mm. fan. You don't can't have faith in anything if you're a Cubs fan. Uh, so I think in the 49ers, but I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Okay, okay, uh, that's that's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. Uh, and, and speaking of your Bears, hopefully, you know, we, we, uh, we speaking the royal we, us Falcons here, uh, can inherit at least one player from your Bears. Cause I think, I think he needs a change of scenery. He needs to come home, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm for, I, I'm for keeping him and trading the number one pick. Yeah. Because if you, I, I like at Chicago media. I listen to a lot of sports media when I'm at, at work uh, in between clients and stuff. I think they forgot last year and the haul <laughs> that they got because mm-hmm. this pick was one of those things as well as DJ Moore and as well. Yep. Like, you can get a haul 
And if you really want a quarterback that bad, you know, there's plenty of other dudes in the draft. Yeah, so the, the Bears have, they've got the number one, and then they also have, uh, what is it, the... 10, I think? Yeah, they got two top 10 picks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, if they do trade him, I'm hoping they trade him to the Falcons for you, because he's, yeah. he's an above-average quarterback. He's not a, yeah, like I, a superstar, but... I, I, and honestly, as we've seen, and, and my last question to you before we leave has to do with a similar situation in, in some respects, but I feel like you don't need a Patrick Mahomes or a, a Joe Burrow or a, I'll say a Josh Allen for Brandon, even though I don't think Josh Allen is, is on the level of Burrow and certainly <laughs> not Mahomes. Uh, but you don't need one of those guys if you've got a good system. Yeah, and yeah, if but- you get if you got weapons like uh, B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts and Drake London, you just need a guy that can be better than Desmond Ritter and Tyler yes. Heineke. Yeah, and he can still run. You know, he can get you 50 yards a game uh, yep. or break him open. Um, and his passing is fine. The system that he is in and the Bears systems in general over the years, there's so much pass it sideways you know, fourth and or third and eight, and you pass it one yard sideways, and then you get like four yards on it. Yep. Um, they're like, oh, I should throw down more downfield. They don't let him throw downfield. <laughs> you got one of the best receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And like the number of targets he has, DJ Moore is not that much. So yeah, if he's going anywhere, I want it to go to you. Yes, I would appreciate that, Steve. But, but our last question, going back to the Super Bowl, because this is a man that's had a lot of conversation swirling around him for weeks and months steve willie uh he is either uh america's underdog sweetheart or he's somehow a nepo baby system quarterback and of course we're talking about brock purdy and my thoughts on purdy steve willie is brock purdy is a good quarterback he's a solid quarterback uh he is somebody who has a great story going from mr irrelevant to now being one of the two super starting Super Bowl quarterbacks. I think you can win a lot of games, obviously, with Brock Purdy. I do feel like there's a bit of a game manager slash system quarterback thing to him where I don't think if you plug Brock Purdy, like if you put Brock Purdy on the Falcons, we finish him with the same record, I believe, because I don't feel like that system is set up for Brock to succeed. Uh, but I think, Steve, when you get into these sports conversations, somebody is either – an MVP candidate, and and he's the reason why they're winning, or he's trashed and he's being dragged along by the rest of the team. And I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, Steve. So wh- why do you feel, as, as somebody who who talks to people all day about their feelings, why why do you feel that folks have a need to either prop Purdy up or tear Purdy down? Why can't we just accept him and appreciate him for what he is? In football, especially, it's all about the superstar quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm seeing a, a lot of. Like, who could be the and, – and it helps. It definitely helps if you have a superstar quarterback. Um, it's going to give you more opportunity than not. Um, but the 49ers are – I mean, they had Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah. who, if ever there was a game manager quarterback, it, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I think it's Trey Lance. Remember when Trey Lance was a thing for yes. a hot minute? yeah. Uh, my, my son and I have been getting a little bit into sports cards again last year. And, uh, boy, Trey Lance's cards were like, cause everyone likes the, uh, the hot rookies. Yep. And, it, like, and now no one even talks about him and don't like, nope. So it goes back to the system. 
we don't really know how Brock Purdy is. He's kind of unproven just because even though he's in the Super Bowl, uh, he's only been around for like a hot year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like like I said, McCaffrey, like they have an incredible defense. They have, you know, Debo and uh, I forgot Ayuk. how to pronounce his last name, but yeah, Ayuk, thank you. Um, great people around him. So uh, Kittle, like people forget about Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. Talk about tight ends. Yeah, so uh, I don't know why people like it's it's all or nothing thinking, which is like it, it's disordered thinking. It's got to be all everything is the best or or the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rarely middle ground when there's how many people are on the NFL roster? Like eighty, a hundred? <laughs> yeah, like like I think for me with Purdy, Steve, like I feel like there is a part of the fan base and a part of the media that is trying to make this dude Tom Brady Mm 2.0. And I don't think he's that. I think he's probably closer to Kirk Cousins 2.0, which is a pretty good thing to be if you're a quarterback in the NFL. Like a long career, have some success during the regular season, and then, you know, he's already been better than Kirk in terms of the postseason. So, like, I feel like if Brock Purdy's ceiling is Kirk Cousins – like, I had somebody yell at me online the other day. Like, how dare you compare him to Kirk Cousins? Like, huh? Like, if you asked Brock Purdy three years ago, if somebody would compare him in the NFL to Kirk Cousins, I'm sure Brock Purdy would have been like, well, that's a pretty pretty good career. Uh, but I feel like there's, the, there's a need to create a narrative around a guy. And once you have the narrative, then you've got the counter narrative. And it's like neither one of those things are the truth about this player, I don't think, Steve. Like, I don't think he's this Tom Brady diamond in the rough that everybody passed up. But I also don't think that he's a scrub that's being carried by this immense collection of talent around him. I think the truth is he is the perfect quarterback for this system. Now, does that make him a system quarterback? I don't know. But I feel like he like he, he knows how to drive this car that is the San Francisco 49ers. And he drives it really well. And I don't know if anybody could drive it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes could drive it better than him. Like, those top-tier guys could probably drive this offense better than him. But when you're talking, you know, quarterback number 10 to number 32, I don't think a lot of those guys are going to drive the car better than Brock Purdy has this season. Yeah, he's doing doing a heck of a job. Um, like, the I mean, fact that was- he... He, he will look terrible in one half like we saw in this past up and in the uh, NFC Championship, Steve. Yeah. He'll look terrible in the first half and then come out and look like Joe Montana in the second half. And I think yeah. you have to give him credit because we've seen a lot of guys crumble under the pressure. And the one thing I will say about Brock Purdy is he never crumbles and, unless like last year when he got hurt. Other than that, like we've seen him be down before and he'll still keep coming back. So like that's that's a talent. I think that's a, that's a skill like to, to have that kind of, that kind of mental toughness. So I, I mm-hmm. give him that. Yeah. And was Tom Brady, even Tom Brady this early in his career? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. O- only Patrick Mahomes has been Tom Brady this early in his career. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is crazy, which like in real time, Steve, that that's the crazy thing. I don't think I've ever seen, the baton passed so quickly in sports in real time. Like we had, like, if you look at the NBA, you know, we've got Michael and then we kind of morphed that into Kobe and morphed that into LeBron and, and some of these other cats, Steph, but it didn't feel as abrupt 
as going from Brady to Mahomes. Yeah, and I mean, how many teams passed on him too, right? It's It goes back to you don't need to necessarily take a quarterback number one. You know, there are plenty in the draft. Uh, this man was backing up, and this is no disrespect to Alex Smith, but this man was backing up Alex Smith at one point, a, a fine quarterback, but but Alex Smith is not going to be a Hall of Famer, Steve Willie. No. If Patrick Mahomes retires after the Super Bowl and decides to okay. go on tour with Taylor Swift, he's in the Hall of Fame, Steve. He's in the Hall of Fame, yep. Uh, so I think that that's a good place to end things off this week. I uh, want to thank everybody that uh, watched us uh, live and the folks that are watching and listening in the future. We will be back this Saturday, uh, February 3rd, I think. Yes, February 3rd. Yep. Uh, February 3rd. We'll be back with an all new edition of the Kings of Sport with Chris, Ray, myself, maybe a guest. Maybe maybe we can get Rich Fan on to talk about these mm. Kansas City Chiefs. Rich Fan, a big uh Rich Fan loves the Chiefs and the Steelers, which is uh right. which is like I I get it because those are like when I'm not rooting for the Falcons, I'm rooting for the Steelers because of Tomlin, and I'm rooting for the Chiefs because like Patrick Mahomes is and this this says more about me than Mahomes, Steve. And I told Rich this one time. Like, the feeling that Patriots fans had for so many years with Tom Brady. And I was just like, I don't – how does he keep getting away with this? <laughs> That's the opposite feeling. When when Patrick Mahomes, they said he couldn't win on the road, Steve, and he goes to Buffalo. Oh, yeah, and, and then Baltimore's got one of the best defenses we've seen in recent years. And he goes to Baltimore and wins. Oh, like, yep. How does he keep doing this? But it's it's the opposite feeling that I had watching Brady for like 15 years. Yeah, I, I like him. That's my my again, it's like when you're little, that like the first team that's big is the one you root for because that's the one that's on all the time. Mm-hmm. So he's a big Chiefs guy. And uh yeah, I like I almost wear my Mahomes jersey, but I, I didn't want to rub it into Brandon when I right. knew he was coming right. on. <laughs> I didn't want to be that. <laughs> Uh, you, you just did it more subtly than I did. Steve, yeah. With with the Swifties out there. Uh, shout out to Ray, who is uh, the chief Swiftie amongst there us. Uh, but uh, Steve Willie, uh, you, I knew that you weren't trouble when you walked in, brother. I knew that we were going to have a good conversation despite some heavy topics that we talked about this week. But I appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to the return uh, of TDT this year. So uh, any, any shout out, Steve Willie, before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, yeah. You can find me in uh, Place to Be Nations, the main event. Um, hopefully, Nate, you can uh, I'm looking for your return at some point here. Um, it's like wrestling opinion show, kind of going over the stuff. Um, I've been making a appear. I was on the last week's episode because of Vincent Command. Um, Brandon is the man, that's right. Yes, Brandon is the man. <laughs> my kid's name is Brendan. I'm like, uh, how'd you know my kid's name, man, Darren? Like, <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, you can find me there. I'm occasionally on, um, uh, you know what that means, which is an AEW uh, podcast with Andrew Reich and Jordan Ooh. Duncan. Uh, besides that, I'm probably taking a nap. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Might go off for a walk. So if you find me out there, yeah. you, you literally find Steve Willie on these Wisconsin streets. Yeah, you can find me at the Wisconsin Herd Games in Oshkosh. Uh, <laughs> Picking up uh, Ty Ty Washington Jr. and uh, Drew Timmy off the bench. Yes, yes. That is uh, our Wisconsin correspondent, Steve Willie. <laughs> it's cold. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thanks, Steve, for for, for hopping on uh, today. Uh, 
And, and again, we will uh, let you all know once uh, we have a set debut date for the return of TDT Talks with Steve, myself, and the uh, great Vanessa Shark. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Man. And, uh, yeah, so uh, shout-out to Steve Willie. Shout-out to Brandon Thurston for joining us. Um, and, again, this was a topic, the bulk of the show. We talked about a topic that, uh, you know, I'm sure was not comfortable for a lot of people, uh, but uh, we we appreciate it. Like Steve said, if you are somebody who has gone through a situation like that, there are outlets to help, uh, and there are people in your corner. Um, so, and shout out to uh, Kate from Montreal uh, and uh, Stephanie Chase, mm-hmm. uh, who I saw commenting about this this week. Uh, appreciate y'all voices and uh, uh, your toughness. Uh, to deal with a lot of the knuckleheads that are out on social media in this world that we live in, in this darkest timeline. Uh, as for me, uh, you heard at the top of the show, Kings of Sport got a lot coming going on and coming up. We got the, actually, I think what I might do, Steve, I've got this idea that I've been kicking around with one of the hosts of one of the new shows. Like you remember when we were kids and they used to have like the Saturday morning cartoon fall preview. Oh yeah, yeah. I was thinking of doing that, uh, and but doing it like with our shows, mm-hmm. and basically, uh, and a shout out to a story we didn't get to. Byron Allen possibly out here making moves. Crumbs is back. He might be. Was it uh, Paramount? Yeah, he might be. Uh, you know, having young Sheldon and SpongeBob. And- yes. Byron Allen still making moves, but uh, I was gonna frame the uh, preview show kind of like. Uh, Byron Allen's entertainers, where it's just like me and Chris uh, just talking to the new host, and then coming up next, Steve Willie and Vanessa Shark, and, and it's just kind of going through each of the new shows that we've got planned. Like I said, we got TDT talks with Steve and Vanessa and myself. We've got the unnamed. Well, it does have a name, but we're not going to announce it yet. Mm-hmm. We've got the uh, MCU show. Uh, we've got Andrew Thompson's show. Coming up, we've got Spinning Blackfist, which is already out. And, of course, we have the Mothership, the Kings of Sports. So we went from having one show that dropped every four months, Steve, to now five shows that will be out this year dropping at various times. So we, we're making some moves in 2024. The, the Chiefs and 49ers are ending the darkest timeline and bringing us back on pace. Yes, it's all come Full circle, Steve Willie. But uh, yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, we don't have enough time to get into uh, Nicki Minaj versus Megan Thee Stallion. Mm. That was going to be my my follow up discussion because uh, a lot's been going down there, Steve. Stuff uh, going on at Planet Fitness. Yes, yes. Uh, but we're not going to get into that. Maybe Chris, I, I actually I know Chris is going to want to get into this on Saturday, so we'll just save it for Saturday. Uh, but for more from me at Twitter at in the number eight M-O-Z-A-I-K. Again, check out all my work with the Kings of Sport. Check out Post Wrestling. Check out the main event with Steve Williams, Scott Criscola. I might I might make a return sometime in the near future. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so thank you, Steve. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, thank you, Phil Brooks. We, we don't give the Muffin Man enough love around here, Steve Willie. <laughs> I didn't open it. <laughs> I was going to say, have you opened it yet? No, um, I'll I'll let you know. I, I'm going to Chicago this weekend with my daughter. We're gonna go see Madonna in concert. Oh, so cool. her late birthday present. But we have like a day open, and maybe I'll have to take a trip to a bakery and report yes. in. 
Yes, it, it, it's it's about time you make the pilgrimage, Steve. <laughs> it's <laughs> so uh, for Steve Willie, for Brandon Thurston, I am the Godfather Nate Milton. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Kings of Sport, and be sure to check back in with us on Saturday for our Super Bowl preview. Uh, normally would be the part where I'd have a joke at Chris's expense, but since Chris is not here, uh, there's no jokes. It's just a uh, Thanks for watching. Happy New Year. See you next time. Because you, care. yes, take care uh, as well, Steve Willie. Because uh, you've been down with the king. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Kings of Sport. Be sure to come back next week for an all new episode. You can leave feedback for the show on Twitter at KOS underscore POD or via Gmail at thekingsofsport at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and rate us on iTunes and tell a friend. The Kings of Sport is a production of the Mosaic Podcast Network. Whether you like it or not, he's bad. D-A-double-D-Y-Fat-Sacks. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to leave it all on the mat. Because that's what I do when I get it done so I can do it. Yeah! What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here?